This is a News Laundry podcast and you're listening to NL Interviews. Hello and welcome to News Laundry Interviews. Today we are joined by Dr. Suraj Yengde, the author of Caste Matters, uh, which I have just finished reading actually yesterday. Um, and I was, Suraj, uh, blown away. Um, it was, it's an important book and I, I wish everybody can find the time to read it. You've spoken about the deep hatred of the other as a fuel for survival and, you know, caste terrorism has been unleashed. And you have used a sentence, the advent of Veda-sponsored casteism. Now, I'm not an expert on Veda and I'm not a scholar. I'm no one as, nowhere near as well-read as you. You see a lot of people, casteism deniers, let's call them, saying that there is no prescription of casteism in Hindu. It is just something that came up by some people and now it should go. It's not rooted in Hinduism. Vedas have no mention of casteism. Can you just tell me, since you must have studied this at some length, where does this lie? Where does casteism lie in the Hindu space? Or is it baked into the Hindu cake? You can't unscramble that egg. I mean, and this conversation is the conversation of uh, tea-sipping elites who just gossip. Uh, uh, and by, by that, what I mean is the sahibs who would talk about, you know, when India was burning, uh, you know, uh, their madams and, you know, them would just, you know, sip a tea overlooking this and, and they would not talk real issues, you know. And I think this is what has happened with this, you know, uh, our kinds of deniers uh, about caste doesn't originate here, doesn't originate there. That is irrelevant for me. Why? Because caste is practiced. And that's my point. My, my response to these people is, who are living in denial of caste, Veda mein nahi hai, caste are not existing in Vedas or it's not Hindu and all, doesn't matter. What you are doing evidences the fact that it does influence your thought, what Ambedkar said, where the Shastras uh, encourage your thought. Why have there not been anti-caste revolutions led by temples in India? Why have there been no anti-caste project led by the Hindus? Why have there been casteism existing in the country still today? And don't tell me there is no caste in India. <laughs> I get a lot of people saying caste doesn't exist in Hinduism. There are also Muslims. And I say, I agree on all of that. What do we do next? I'll tell you tone deaf silence. Tone deaf silence. So the, uh, you know, the epistemological thought is there because people have privileges to talk about these things, about accepting or denying this. My main worry is, Abhinandan, that every third day, a Dalit, my brother, is been sent into the manhole. And when he goes, his three-year-old, four-year-old children, his wife, when he comes out, a dead body comes out. What do I make of this? What do I tell to the three-year-old baby who was just expecting her father to come home? And where did we, we sent that man, the father of this boy, into the manhole to clean our shit. We can't even hold our shit in our hands. I challenge all of India to shit in their, on their own hands and hold it for 10 seconds. We want an entire human being to bath in our excreta. How dehuman we are. I don't see anywhere in the world such cruelty imposed on others. Yeah. That means Dalits are lower than our shit. They don't even desire the recognition because the shit is flushed and gone away from our eyes. Dalits are not. 
we are asking them to constantly be beneath the dignity of our excreta so they go in family someone listens to janu suprabhadam in the morning i am subalakshmi and uh, <laughs> i have other radical family members who say you know i wish this when i hear this i picture phulan devi's rape in fact in the film janu suprabhadam by ms subalakshmi should have been the background score of her rape Uh, which really upset the older generation say that if you you know we are not casteist but just because i'm listening to ms subalakshmi doesn't make me you know casteist who is supporting brahmanism whereas the radical said that even the music you listen to like you said the festivals that you know we participate in i'm not going to shit on arranged marriage because that show and then i was told that arranged marriage is something that kind of endorses casteism because it is a way to keep caste purity i don't know if that's true or not so i'm thinking if the music i listen to has casteism in it the festivals i participate have casteism in it can i go through life without feeling guilty and is that a sensible way to win allies if you tell them that everything you do is casteist because maybe everything we do does smack of casteism i mean how do one how does one negotiate or unscramble this egg all these classical forms are actually originated by dalits and at some extent by adivasis they were colonized by the brahmins and added a flavor of exclusion and then this modern classical music forms or even bharatnatyam have dalit roots these are the dalit originated dances but because it was then widely practiced by brahmins and brahmins wanted to retain their absolute control they added their layer to that excluding dalit from participate even dalits are not allowed to participate in the cultural events that are performed the classic events whatever classic it is and this musical form that were created were not created in agraharams or or four walled or or huts these were created in open fields amidst the nature interacting with the birds and and the tunes of animals and through them we see a a, a rendition of a musical form came about as we continued to practice and that's why you know the 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 art forms that women dalit women were practicing eventually brahmins started to declare them as the as the uh, as the whores of indian society pardon my uh, french for using the word but that's how they because a dalit woman practicing that became she became the uh, the the whore of society while the same dance form performed by a brahmin becomes an art form wow wow kya 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 naach hai she should go to a royal albert hall and perform she should go to carnegie mellon and and perform in new york city that's the kind of contradiction we look at even the uh, the normalized culture that we have right now is built upon the bodies which are alive but they are buried imagine the scenario and we are dancing on top of that soil andar log mare nahi hai abhi bhi zinda hai they are trying to push out they are trying to come out they are trying to survive and breathe but what we have done is we have created that fake layer and we are operating on it as if nothing exists don't think that people have died here people are alive here so so you think within the dalit community um like you've spoken about passing uh, in fact i could maybe read a passage uh, of that where uh, you have spoken about you know uh, the media because that is the world that i come from this is where you talk about uh, the 85% elite brahmin media uh, what india consumes today in the form of news is basically brahmin propaganda 
A study by the Center for Study of Developing Societies found that in 2008, the top upper caste Brahmins had an 85% share in key media positions compared to the scheduled castes and scheduled tribes, which was nil. Out of the, I think, eight uh, uh, you identified from the Dalit community, only two identify as, uh, no, the two who made it to, the, to a fairly senior position still don't out themselves as Dalit. Uh, and that is kind of a trend with a lot of people. You know, News Laundry last year had done two reports, one on gender representation in the media and one on caste representation. And I can't tell you what nightmare it was one doing on caste because um, we said, because there are some very ambiguous surnames. I said, so you have to call up everyone and ask them their caste. And many expectedly along dominant casting, how dare you ask my caste? I don't believe in caste. I put the phone down. But I, now, this passing that people who don't come out, do you resent such people, do you, I mean, or do you understand why they don't? How, 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 do, you, how do you look at them? I'm resentful uh, of the system that they operate in. I'm not resentful of them as individuals uh, because the system has not uh, given them chance to flourish for who they are. Uh, it has not created more eco chambers for them to uh, be stride with, with more, uh, you know, uh, more bravery, uh, and you know, with their writing, actually, as I say, they sit, it, it sits at the cusp of how a, a literary uh, writing should be, basically. You know, I mean, I've, I've known some Dalit journalists who write for big magazines. Uh, they could be equated to James Baldwin of India. I mean, and then the Dalits don't own any media space, unlike African-Americans or unlike any other minority group in any part of the world, right? Uh, even Muslims have their own uh, uh, media. They have their own Urdu dailies. They have their own English spaces. You know what I mean? But yeah. Dalits don't have anything. Dalits have to rely on somebody's, uh, you know, uh, patronizing of their stories or, or it has to be, you know, uh, it's, it's a very unequal, disrespectful space that they have to operate, right? And, and, if, and if the house is not yours, you'll always be living onto the, you know, terms of the landlord or landlady. Uh, and I think uh, I then we had this meeting in Delhi. We thought about you know, and, I, and if you ask me, and a lot of people have been asking me, so what do you want to do? The first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to launch an exclusive Dalit media space. This has been a fantastic conversation. I could actually chat with you all day, and maybe we should do a follow up also on this. By the way, let me repeat everyone check out Cast Matters, it is a mind blowing book, uh, and you will learn a lot as I did for sure. You start with He Whoever Has Burnt His Cast is My Comrade. So you speak about, uh, you know, this um, uh, lady who, you know, went to this event and a short white-haired woman in her 50s was a co-convener and uh, she basically spoke about racism in her house. Then you say, as the event concluded, I realized that it was an event for white folks who would go back to their families' reunions for Thanksgiving and come across internalized forms of racism. It was a training session to tackle the knapsack of racism that one carries carried as a privilege and without conscious acknowledgement. Unpack this for me. What are you exactly trying to communicate here? And what are the parallels, the similarities and dissimilarities between the race movements uh, in the US that you have witnessed and the caste movements or lack of them here? I was in you know, a part of the reading group. So there are like a reading group here in Cambridge area where I am. And in that, there was a racism workshop. So I was just interested. So I just showed up. I didn't know what I was doing there. And I'm sure they even didn't know what I was doing. But I was just like, let me just sit now that I'm here. And then, you know, that was very interesting to see that white people are talking about how 
to fight white supremacy, anti-black racism, the prejudices that they have been taught. And this is basically an elderly woman. And of course, there was one uh, a black woman who was trying to co-support her. And the audience were basically white male and white females you know, who were Harvard, MIT, Boston University kind of crowd. And when this happened, I was like, why does this not happen in India? Because we also meet for every festival, Diwali, or there are some other festival where we meet. And when we sit around tables or, or sit for, you know, uh, in, in, in our family conversations, why does this not come up? So I was thinking, why and what if such anti-caste Brahmin groups are established? What are the response from academic circles from the Dalit community and the Brahmin community been? Along expected lines, along the usual allies say great book, the usual critics say a crybaby, uh, Dalit community says one of ours doing something good for us. Is, is it consistent along expected lines? No, it's very interesting that uh, nobody has bitterly criticized the book. <laughs> I want to be the true interlocutor of our current moment. If 100 years down the line, Abhinandan, someone reads this book or someone wants to take an account of how caste was operating or what were the uh, nodes uh, that it was functioning under or with, I wanted them to know that, uh, you know, this is what was happening. So I was also, you know, in a very Socratic tradition of self-critical appreciation of the world. If I want to criticize the caste system as a whole, or if I want to take it down, I also would like to put the mirror in front of me. I don't want to be the one who's just firing a missile and, and, and not be accountable to. And so in that book, what has happened is, you know, for example, I was in Madras in, in Chennai uh, uh, launching a book. And uh, there is a chapter, you will see the sixth chapter is Brahmins against Brahminism. And, and I chronicle uh, those courageous Brahmin uh, who stood against Brahminism, against their own, own relatives. Basically, their life is something that's inspirational to everybody, but most importantly, the dominant caste liberals, how to actually participate in anti-caste movement. And these were hardcore, rock-solid uh, uh, comrades of uh, Baba Sahib and as well as Fule. And also, you know, we have anti-Brahminic tradition also led by Brahmins but they don't feature in the annals or even the recorded histories of Brahmins. They have a very, uh, you know, very one-sided history of who a Brahmin was or what not. So the responder, a great scholar, uh, who was also himself a Tambram, he refused, he said, how can you expect a Brahmin to be revolutionary? He himself is a Brahmin uh, and, and he is critical of the cat because he was like, Suraj, you're expecting, or, or the way you're writing is, I'm telling you, us Brahmins are, are unable to do this because if we were supposed to do it, we could have done it by now. Growing up, I grew up with a lot of people, you know, friends, family, cousins, who you loved a lot. But as we have grown up, we have grown very differently. That's right. And while I still love them, I have nothing in common with them. So you will meet at a festival or at a wedding, but, and sometimes it breaks your heart that I have nothing in common with this person who I spent every living moment with. For someone like you, that must be immense because where you grew up, the overwhelming majority of those children are not sitting at Harvard. They are not in Boston and going to Florida and, and to NASA. But yet when you meet them, does it sometimes break your heart that, damn, I cannot... You get what I'm saying? You, do you feel guilty about <laughs> that? Does it, does it pull you in different directions? 
a guy who I grew up with became a pickpocketer and then you know he he got trained in you know there is also a training that, and and then he taught he taught me how to pickpocket you know i said how do you do guys so he was just showing you know how do you do that and you know and 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 as a 15 year old 16 year old this is exciting because abhinandan we have so much energy we have so much creativity we have so much to conquer but that energy and that creativity is not channeled in the proper direction so what does a volcano do so i i so one guy is, his name is abhi i also mention him a very very good cricketer so him and abhi were like abhi abhi you know they they were neighbors baju ke galli mein and i and so he 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 eyes me and but he he kind of tries to avoid talking to me because i think he feels he feels that you know when suraj was asking us to do something and get into education and all we were just trying to be they would they would use hera feri jokes and you know they were just living their own life to watch that full unedited interview with dr suraj yengde do subscribe to news laundry and pay to keep news free because when the public pays the public is served we don't take advertising and we really would like as many of you to watch this amazing and satirical interview as possible you can check out the edited version for free and for the full unedited one go to newslaundry.com click on the subscribe button and pay to keep news free thanks all the news laundry podcasts are available on stitcher itunes and any other podcast platform please subscribe to news laundry help us keep news independent to catch all our podcasts on news pop culture current affairs and sport visit newslaundry.com follow us on facebook twitter and instagram and subscribe to our youtube channel